Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are talking about a film called Coffee Shop. It is indeed set in a coffee shop. Um, The coffee shop is, I wouldn't say the coffee shop is a character, but it is definitely the the centering place for all of the characters. (sighs) Okay, so... Bronwyn chose this film and I'm very sorry. No. <laughs> and it just happened to be a Christian film. Like I don't know how we like I I you know what? I figured that we would stumble into a Christian film one of these days, but I didn't think it would be a Christian film starring <laughs> starring Laura Vandervoot just because Laura Vandervoot, I'm very much into Canadian television, right? So I've known about Laura Vandervoot for a while. She was on the the Canadian um, teen young adult drama Instant Star, and she was she played she played Supergirl on Smallville. Like she has played a werewolf in a Canadian TV series called Bitten where she played, like, a female werewolf and, like, a pack of men and stuff like that. And I think she's playing, like, a bad guy on the new Supergirl, too. So what I'm saying is that she's been around a lot. And I was actually looking through her filmography and just saw a bunch of movies that I'd seen, like, on the Disney Channel. Like, Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. She was in that. Such a good movie. Classic. She was in Alley Cat Strike. Classic movie about young young kids playing young kids bowling um like (laughs) she's like she's like because you know when you're in canadian tv you're kind of in everything so i've been looking at laura vandervoot and her cheekbones my entire life her cheekbones are so present so good oh my god (laughs) like it's like and like my because like i was watching this with my boyfriend and he actually managed to sit through the entire thing which is amazing. Um, but he just I like kept this is, isn't this the first he sat all the way through? I feel like it is. I feel like this is the only one because he like elected to watch it. I was like, I need to watch Coffee Shop. And he was just like, okay, I'm down. And I'm like, you're really going to sit through and watch all of it? He was like, yeah. And one of the first things he said is that like Laura Vandervoot looks like any other white girl, which I was like, she would accept those cheekbones. Yeah, those cheek. Yeah, she's definitely. You know, she's a blonde white woman, um, but those cheekbones do make her have a distinct, distinct look within that genre of blonde white women. I mean, people like contour to get like the look that she has. She just looks like that. Like what? Like, I want to hate her for that, but like, I don't have the energy and like what? You know, she's 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 doing her, you know, get it, girl. (laughs) That's not my battle. Okay, so this movie begins with um, this Veronica Mars-like voiceover. I was thinking this entire time. I was like, why is this movie ripping off Veronica Mars? I was going to be so (laughs) mad if the voiceover was like... I was going to be so mad if it was voiceover the whole time. I was really glad that cut off quick. It was like, it was so weird that she was like, I was just thinking like, is, did Kristen Bell come in to do this voiceover? Because this is just Veronica Mars. This is like if Veronica Mars decided to like narrate to us her dating experiences, which she wouldn't because Veronica Mars is too busy, you know, 
solving actual crimes and doing important things. Meanwhile, this woman does this whole like warrior metaphor <laughs> like like dating is a battlefield and there are the casualties and they're the winners and they're the stalemates and like she's walking into a restaurant getting ready to go out with this crash test dummy because that's <laughs> that's because like I was, I was with my boyfriend I was like she's like a mannequin and then he's and then he's just like in and this guy is like a crash test dummy so it's like a mannequin and a crash test dummy <laughs> that is so funny he kind of did look like a crash test dummy well because like, like I, broad shoulders like like a shaved head he he looked like a crash test dummy he like did. I, oh man yes he did and it's just like okay so she's like doing this whole narrative voiceover and she's like coming she's like walking to the table and like watching all the dates and like commenting on the dates and meanwhile also there's like a black woman who is sitting at a table by herself who is reading a tabloid she came to the restaurant oh i love that so she's reading oh. reading the dating tips at a nice restaurant also going <laughs> which also going on at this nice restaurant is that there's a TV that's showing the game. Okay, I don't okay. Maybe I just don't understand how restaurants work, but like okay, there's tablecloths, like there's mood lighting, and then there's a TV showing the game. <laughs> are they are there restaurants that are really set up like that cuz that's really it's a really bad way. It's it, like it a really did, bad layout. The restaurant was really confused about what it was trying to do. And I've definitely been to restaurants that were confused about what they're trying to do, but not in this way. Like it, it there was a lot of suspension of disbelief. Just, I mean, it was a, it was a cartoony beginning. I feel like compared to the rest of the movie, which wasn't as outlandish plot wise. I mean, it, you know, it was still rom-com, but it wasn't as outlandish plot wise as some of, the movies we previously reviewed, the restaurant moment was just so cartoony. Like this oh, yeah. woman has and, a tabloid out so you can see the headlines. Like when you read a magazine, like people don't put them in front of their faces, like up at shoulder, shoulder you height. Reading normally. it like a book. Like, <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, it, it's weird because the, 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 the beginning like sets a mood in this movie that isn't actually it. Like it's not actually the mood. She's just like, you know, she's she's with this guy who is also just like should honestly just be lucky to be there with her. But for some reason, he's ignoring her. And for some reason, I'm supposed to believe that this guy like would ignore Laura Vandervoot like this. Like she is very attractive, you know, and that's not. Like, they're on a first date, so that's all he knows about her, you know. Uh, and he doesn't seem to want to know anymore. He's yeah. just watching the game. It's nuts. Um, and so she has to just, like, she's trying very, very hard to, like, get his attention and relate to him. And, like, sports, like, she tries to, like, talk about sports. And, like, <laughs> she's bad at it, but she tries. She really does try. And then, like... And oh, oh my God. So did you remember how they ordered? Um, she said she ordered the Asian salad and he ordered the steak bloody. And I was just like, what does the like, menu look like? Do you guys know like? how to read? Like how, like, <laughs> like, that's not what you call those. Like what? 
it was insane because I actually rewinded it because I was just like, that's not what they said. And then and then and then Kyle said it. He was like, he just said that he wanted the Asian salad. She wanted the Asian salad and that he wanted the steak bloody, which once again, if you're in a nice restaurant, you know, you don't need to say it like that. Just say that you want it rare. There's no reason to be like, I you're want not like, I want the blood gushing you're out like- and into my mouth and then down my chin. <laughs> and then she's like, I want whatever salad the Asians have. Like, no, girl, stop. <laughs> it was it was that moment was I'm glad I will say like there's so many things to make fun of about this movie, but I'm just really relieved that the tone did not stay there because I think I would have hated it so much more. Oh yeah, because more. it's just like, it's, it was it's, just it's so this bad. weird Christian idea of dating. Cause I mean, I used to be Baptist, right? Um, and, and like Bronwyn used to be Christian too. Bronwyn was way more in, into it than I was, I think. I yeah, it argue. was very Pentecostal and very, a very immersive experience. There were tongs, you know, um, uh, that's yeah. a whole other podcast, but, but like, yeah. yeah, but like, I in my in my deep brush with Christian dating, which I never really dug into because they didn't want to have sex. Um, Real talk. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just agreeing. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just saying. Yep. <laughs> um. Uh. Like. I noticed that, like, whenever I said that a man was hot or attractive, like, whenever I told a man that he was attractive and he was Christian, he wasn't into it. What he wanted to know, what Christian men tend tended to want to know is how close I was with Christ, what my goals were as a person, and, you know, like, what my levels of compassion were. Like, Christian men were very frustrating in that way to where like if I ever like hit on them, they would act very like uh like almost like parental, like very like patriarchal where they were just like, oh well yeah, that's it's it's nice that you think that I'm attractive, but let's let's talk about something else. And like Yeah, and definitely. It, <laughs> and it was so there. bizarre. So like when I was watching this movie, I was thinking like maybe the reason why nobody really relates to attractive, nobody really like expresses that they're attracted to people and expresses that they are attractive in a way that makes any sense is because of that culture. Because like, I can't imagine like any regular Joe going out with Laura Vandervoot and like, not just like, like I expect to like, I expect it to be like the wolf from like the Tex Avery shorts. Like it's weird that he's not like that. And also that he's just like ignoring her. And then like, she like basically makes a plea like that. She like really wants to relate to him. And so he was just like, okay, I'm going to open up to you. And then he takes her to a karaoke bar. Yes, she does. <laughs> and 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 like he, you know, he's bad at karaoke and he's just annoying. Everything about him's annoying. Like there's no selling point for this guy in the opening scene. There's not really supposed to be. It's just supposed to be like this is how bad it is to date. But then there's some other woman at karaoke who's that, like that's feeling re- it. That's really that's really into him. And like and and then the voiceover is just like sometimes one warrior's forfeit is another's victory. And, and somehow he pays more attention to her. Then Laura, like, he's like, oh, and I think it's like, like, he's just like, oh, yeah, hey. And, and I'm just like, there's just a lot going on here. I don't really believe. Um, but that that's how it opens. So, like, you know, given the tone of the first 10, 15 minutes, I was like, all right. So this 
I mean, obviously I knew it was going to be about her working at or owning a coffee shop, but I was like, okay, so this is going to be like her dating game while she's at this coffee shop. You know, that's, that's how it's yeah, set up. Yeah. And I mean, that, yeah, it's, that's how it's set up because like, even in the beginning, like the, the black guy that she works with, um, is just like, did you, like, he tells somebody like one of her love interests, did you know that she's been doing all this research about dating and she's been reading all this stuff about dating and doing all this stuff. And it, and the movie really makes you think that it's going to be about that. It's going to be about this like Christian woman who has like studied dating Except you don't know she's Christian at the beginning. Oh yeah, That's yeah. Later. You don't know that she's you Christian in the beginning, yeah. which is really interesting. But yeah, she's like she's like studied dating and you think it's gonna come back, but by the time she makes it to the coffee shop, like after like the first time that we see her come to work, like we never see her date again. She has two main love interests and she spends time with them, but she never like actively dates again after that first scene. Yeah. So what's even the fucking point? There was no, I felt like it was, it made me think of when I write something and I have no idea how to do an intro or get into it. And I just kind of like shit out an intro and then I never like, it's like never going back to edit that. Like that's, that's what the beginning of the movie felt like. Cause it didn't fit with the rest of it. And it felt pretty obvious that, the screenwriters slash director, whoever, whoever ultimately made these decisions knew what they wanted the meat of the story to be, but didn't know how to start it. And so they just like slapped on this kind of like catchy, you know, monologue over voice about dating. And then it didn't have anything to do with the rest of it. Cause the rest, like during her intro, she mentions her ex and her ex got this opportunity to move to Chicago And because he's a real estate agent and like, I guess he's getting promoted and she didn't go with him. But like, that was the only problem with their relationship. She says, you know, like, yeah, yeah. What's interesting is that like, yeah, she talks about him like I had the perfect guy and it was all ruined and blah, blah, blah. And she makes it sound so dramatic. And what you really find out happened is that like he got a job opportunity. He asked her to come with her. She decided not to because she wanted to stay and run her coffee shop. And that's honestly what happened. That's it. Like, it's nothing dramatic. She chose her coffee shop over him. And I'm not saying that like it's her fault, but she she made that choice. Yeah, it is weird because like the at least her feelings about her ex shift a lot during during the movie. Like they're not consistent. And I mean, that's that's real life. But it doesn't make sense because before he actually enters the movie, you get I got really confused about how she actually felt because at the beginning it was very much like. I miss him. I'm trying to move on. That's why oh I'm my God. dating. She has a, and she like has a giant left. heart-shaped frame with yeah. the picture of the minute. Like, this is fucking Hey Arnold. And then, but then, like, later, like, his her sister, who is, like, so annoying. Um, okay, so her sister comes to the coffee shop all the time, and her sister's dating this guy, and they're, like, they're a believable couple. You know, like, they, they seem like they love each other. They make sense together. Um her sister's just like nosy and loud and that's fine. But like, she needs to, she can't handle the fact that Donovan, that's the main, that's, that's the name of. Oh yeah. Her name is Donovan, which, which was clearly chosen because isn't it unique? Yeah. It was very like (laughs) Donovan. Um, (laughs) uh, she just can't handle the fact Beth isn't her sister's name. Um, can't handle the fact that Donovan is single 
even though Donovan chose to not move with her ex and is obviously busy with the coffee shop and is going on dates. She like, chose not to move. And also, I just I just looked at the quote that she said. Right. OK, so like right before the titles start rolling and she's like in the coffee shop and getting it ready, she says, I hope he enjoys his deep dish pizza. Oh, yeah, that was. <laughs> That was like such an eye roll. That was oh my god! Somebody wrote that. Somebody was really excited about that line. That was that just felt like every time someone when I lived in Chicago, like every time someone visited and said annoying things, like during their like corny things on the. I was like, oh, this is like everyone you don't want to visit you when you live somewhere. Oh my god! (laughs) I hope he enjoys his deep dish pizza. Just like ooh, nice one. (laughs) Yeah, but her sister is very much like a. It's just like a, is she's one of those people that's just like, don't you wanna be with someone? Don't you really wanna be with someone? You gotta be with someone. Like it's really annoying. It is, and it's like again, it's I've, I I've definitely met those people, and it it seems like her sister is someone who's really insecure with the idea of other people being okay alone. Like that's like her sister is, you know, kind of codependent with her boyfriend, which is fine. That's, you know, pretty normal on a certain level. But, like, but just can't handle the fact that, like, another, like, her sister would be okay alone. Like, I don't know. It's a very weird kind of controlling dynamic. And, And so she'll bring up the ex to Donovan because the ex messages Donovan and is like, I'm going to be back in town. It'd be great to see you. It's been a year. And then her sister is immediately just like freaking out. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to get back with him? What if he wants you back? Oh, and my Donovan's God. Donovan's like, like so I stayed obs- here. It's so obsessive. So obsessive. Okay. So her. So we got the the deep dish pizza guy um, coming back. And we also have. Okay. So a tidbit about me listeners i went to nyu for grad school i studied dramatic writing i studied playwriting screenwriting television writing i studied all the things that annoy you um (laughs) um and so yeah i have like actively been playwriting and you know trying to get my plays around and getting them on stage and stuff like that so i actually know a thing or two about playwriting so when we're introduced to this guy whose agent is played by fucking god's not dead's kevin sorbo Like, I know that people are like, oh, Hercules, but here's the thing. It's 2017. He is God's Not Dead's Kevin Sorbo. He is the star of God's Not Dead. He's going to be that for the coming generation. Aren't you mad about it? Um, You've seen God's Not Dead, right? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Oh, my God. I get to explain the plot of God's Not Dead to you. Okay. God's Not Dead is a movie about um, a, a, a Christian guy goes to college. He oh, go, another Christian movie. He goes. Oh, yeah. God's Not Dead is a is one I of mean, the I, most. I assumed it was Christian based on the name, but I also felt like it could be, you know, there a are thriller. Three of them. There's God's Not Dead 1 and God's Not Dead 2, which is starring Melissa Joan Hart. Oh, oh perfect. Oh, it goes on. Um, the first one is about like this Christian guy who goes to college, takes a philosophy class and the professor played by kevin sorbo 
has everybody at the beginning, because I think they're learning about Nietzsche, um, has everybody at the beginning, like, sign some kind of document that's just, like, God's not dead. It's just, like, this, like, it, like it's it's for class. I mean, no, it's, like, God is dead. You have to sign a document that says God is dead. And it's, like, it's for class or whatever. It's really dramatic still, but it's, like, it's for class. And so this one Christian, this one Christian college student is just, like, no, I could never sign a document that says God is dead. God isn't dead. Like God is around us and I believe in God, blah, blah, blah. And so God's not dead is really a movie about this kid clashing with Kevin Sorbo, who's just an atheist who teaches a philosophy class about God and about how he's not going to sign a document. God is dead. It's about like how like, I guess like, how God is being shut out of education. I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's a lot like I've seen it and I still can't really describe it. Um, but yes, that Kevin Sorbo plays that atheist. Is he Christian now? I wonder. Like, I, I mean, I assume so because he's, cause he's, cause he's in all these Christian he's films. He's in these Christian films. Yes. And, and God's not dead too is starring, is starring Melissa Joan Hart who like oh my god god's not dead too is an even more ridiculous plot because like basically i think she teaches like literature or something or she teaches something and she mentions like the bible or something and then like apparently like this like one kid is an atheist and the kid tells their parents and then there's a fight with the school board and then she goes to court and like in court her the 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 This is the, a very mega vibe. The lawyer defending her the lawyer defending her is is Jesse Metcalf from John Tucker Must Die and oh man it's a lot. It's a lot. It's basically just movies about like christian people being afraid that like atheists are going to like push god out of their schools this is like a trump anthem i I can't believe you've never heard of these no i mean you know i think my ptsd from my childhood just uh blocks out certain things that i haven't been exposed to yet yes god's not dead god's not dead too we're never going to talk about them on this podcast because they're not romantic but uh I mean, you know, if only you only w- if you love Christ, if you want to watch somebody make fun of them, uh, the cinema snob Brad Jones has videos making fun of both of them. So if you want to laugh, that's what you should do. Um, anyway, uh, so, yeah, Kevin Sorbo plays uh, the the other part of the love triangles uh, agent. And OK, so this white guy. <laughs> is a tony award-winning playwright who like has been bombing his last couple plays and so and so it's just like you need to write a hit you need to write a hit here's the thing playwriting doesn't work like this <laughs> like it, like like maybe here's the thing, like it, it, in a very like like certain sense it does kind of but it's really fucking obvious to me that the screenwriters including one of the writers wrote mom's night out which is a christian movie about it's basically bad moms for christian women 
Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> what I need in my life. And I think one of the other writers wrote October Baby, which is a movie about a girl who finds out that she survived, like her mother tried to abort her oh, and that great. she survived. And it's a whole movie about her finding out about that because she's a survivor from the abortion because abortion is bad. So this is who we're working with. So I'm assuming that these are people that don't seem to understand like how the theater community works. But here's the thing. If a dude writes plays and he wins Tony's, he is fine. If his plays are not going well, someone will hire him to write a movie or a television show. Once you've won Tony's, you're okay. There is no reason why a Tony award-winning playwright should be scrambling around being like, yeah. being like, what, what's my next play? He's not, he's not a screenwriter. He's not like living in LA and like needs like to like pay selling off his car plays. Yeah. Like, it's to... just not, it's so weird. It's just, just make him a screenwriter. You're just doing this because you think it's cute. It's not cute because as an actual playwright, I'm sitting here looking at this 30-something white guy and somebody's telling me that he's winning Tonys. Okay, how is he winning Tonys? I'm not saying that 30-year-old white guys don't win Tonys, but what did he write? Because he looks like some asshole who wrote a shitty musical. I tell you that. <laughs> like, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't look like he's writing serious thinking man's plays. And in the end, when we do see a piece of the play that he writes, there's no way that that would be a hit. Yeah, no, definitely not. It's very <laughs> corny. It's like, okay, like, yeah, that would get put up maybe at community theater and get some people. That's fine. Yeah, you know? but like there's don't, nothing. Don't, like, it's also like that thing in screenplays, especially in rom-coms, where everybody has to be like, like they either write, f like they're a writer at Vogue or they're a Tony Award winning screenplay writer or like the premises they're struggling. There's never someone just kind of in the middle. Like, and I mean, for this plot, he has to be it, like the, the premises, you know, he has been successful, but now he's in a lull and he needs to get inspiration for his writing. So Kevin, who's dating Donovan's sister, Beth, um, the, the, the meddling, meddling Beth, um, tells, tells the screenwriter that he should, I mean, the playwright <laughs> got in my head, uh, that he should come to the small town they're in and like take some time away from New York. Cause of course he's in New York and, you know, get some inspiration slash check out Donovan. He doesn't tell him that, but Beth is trying to get Donovan to date. And so that's boyfriend. Kevin is like, Oh yeah, I can just get my screen, my play. Ah, I keep saying screenwriter now. My playwriting just, friend. <laughs> because he just sounds like a fucking screenwriter. It's such a stupid, it's such stupid shit. And like, like also like writing a screenplay, like sometimes screenplays do take years, but plays are notorious for taking years of your life and like discovery and like thought. It really, really doesn't seem likely that a guy would just show up in a small town and write a play about a small town and anybody would give a shit. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm like, oh, a play about a small town and a I woman mean, a that movie, you're attracted to? A movie, to? sure. You want to write a movie about a small town? You throw in some Julia Roberts and some other assholes or some shit. Like, people watch that shit. Of course. Runaway Bride. What is that? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a small town story. But, so, like, so basically his agent is on his ass. 
on his and then he gets invited and he comes to the town and um so kevin is trying to get his friend whose name i guess i'm forgetting even though i'm surprised that you remember kevin because you keep on saying kevin and i keep on thinking kevin sorbo and then you're like but no it's it's the character boyfriend the the boyfriend sister i mean they all like they're all white and they all have like really generic white person names except except for for donovan yeah except for donovan (laughs) who like it's like okay sure this cute white girl is named donovan whatever um but so yeah so he arrives but dun 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 he arrives um the same day that an investment banker stops by the coffee shop to basically tell her she has to foreclose um, oh yes and who is that investment banker played by <laughs> john love it that was really that was the most surprising part of the whole movie for what me was john seeing Lovitz him in this movie what the fuck is john lovett's doing here like i was like <laughs> he's like he has a great career you know and i mean maybe he just needed the extra bucks or maybe he liked this screenplay no um, there's no way he liked this i don't think he liked it because i just can't he seems so bored like this is a movie that like if it was one of your first things then like hell yeah you know like it was decent enough despite it, the, the fact that the it was director Christian. is a first time film director he has directed television he directed a lot of episodes of the billy ray cyrus show called doc where oh, billy race i watched doc Oh yeah, well yeah, yeah, Doc. And I think my also, grandma had such a boner for him. So also, I think that he hired uh, Laura Vanderboot because Laura Vanderboot was in episodes of Doc. That you know that all makes sense <laughs> and is hilarious. Uh, Doc, yeah. Oh, I watched way too much Doc. I also watched Sue Thomas FBI, but oh, I is spelled E Y E. Oh yeah, he 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 directed that too, and and Laura Vanderboot was in that too. Yeah. Oh my um, god. Yeah, PAX TV, man, I'll tell you. <laughs> quite a time, quite a time. <laughs> quite a time, yeah. So, yeah, this is, this, is, this is the director's first movie, and it feels like it. It does. It does. And it's, it's uh, so, yeah, so let's see. Oh, right, okay, so the investment banker comes in. He tells her she has to foreclose. Then he goes outside and and playwright guy is right there and, and he, he recognizes rec- a playwright which, on the street okay. okay i was like nobody knows what playwrights look like no one like ever even if it's the most famous play like they don't know what screenwriters look like either unless they and also I said, act. and i said this like, too i've met susan laurie parks like i've spoken to her i've had friends that have taught her at class if susan laurie parks and lynn nottage were in a lineup i don't know if i'd be able to tell them apart I really don't like, I think you'd have to throw Ava DuVernay in there and I'd be like, okay, well that's Ava DuVernay. Yeah. Yeah. Like this was also just also that. And then the investment banker of course is like, oh yeah, I like, I write plays. Hey man, we should get lunch. Like blah, blah, blah. And like that, that interaction was kind of like hilariously relatable as like people who do comedy, because that's what everyone does when they find out you do comedy is they're like, oh, same. Uh, I did it once. And you're like, okay, cool. But Anyways, back to so so um, Donovan looks out the window right after she's found out she has to foreclose, and of course, being the independent woman she is, she doesn't tell anyone. She doesn't tell her employees yet. She just like kind of pushes it down. They can tell something's wrong, but she's just kind of like, no, it's fine, whatever. Uh, she looks out the window, and the two guys are talking. So she makes the assumption that the playwright 
is another banker or at least connected to the deal somehow. So when he comes in, she is rude. Oh my God. So yeah. Rude. Oh my God. Okay. So, <laughs> so he asks for tea and she flips out. She flips out because he asks for tea. It's insane. She's like, hello, it's Donovan's coffee. And I'm thinking, okay, like beyond the fact that like you, you know, pride yourself on your hobby. There's a lot of people who like their stomachs can't handle coffee. Like, like just give him or some they tea. Why have are caffeine. Doing this? Like chill. Like he's not asking you for like beer, like or orange juice or a burger, like or something that feels well, orange juice would make sense. Like, he's not asking you for something ludicrous. Tea is always served at coffee shops. So anyway, she just, like, throws a fit. And then he's, of course, understandably and then he says, confused. He says, he says that coffee is too bitter. And then she's like, I think you mean acidic. And then he, and and that as their interaction progresses, he calls her bitter. Um, which, I mean, normally I'd be like, wow dude but she was an asshole oh my god and then he he says an amazing line too he says you want me to kiss the coffee grounds you walk on oh yeah they're (laughs) oh man like honestly like this might have been my i think my favorite part of the movie was just like this like really stupid misunderstanding (laughs) where she was just really being an asshole because she like well, because like one of the main traits of her is that she just pushes everything down and she doesn't share with people and like has all this stuff going on. And which is which is not 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 good form for a follower of the Lord. Just saying. Yeah. Like and, <laughs> and I mean, it, and like she's very much the opposite of her sister, like her sister's like in everyone's business and like gossipy and like, you know, like fun, but also overbearing and like codependent. And she's like very independent and kind of icy and like. You know, it's Elsa and Anna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially, um, yeah. Okay, and so, um, so th- that's their that's their meet cute. It's this like angry whatever. But oh, by the way, um, just to go back to John Lovitz for one second, um, n- did you notice how she like? how they just like treated her like she was like this like goddess of coffee where she's just like i can match you to oh, your perfect my. drink and then she asked a bunch of questions about like his life chai. and then she gives him a fucking i was chai. like chai is not coffee that's tea also so which does not fit with her whole anger at the next guy about well, tea. people have chai lattes but it's like it's also it's just like that's a, that's well, a yeah, weird and a chai latte is it's only actually a latte if you add espresso to it Otherwise, it's just a chai with steamed milk. <laughs> yeah, I worked at coffee shops too many years. Um, but yeah, I that was like also that was just so corny. They're like, "Oh, she's amazing," and I was like, "Dude, any, it's just a chai. It's just a chai. Like, it's not like she created a cocktail or even was like, I'm gonna custom make you like a lavender London fog or something." You know, I, it's it's like it's like you know what the kids like. They like, you know what's trendy? They plays and and coffee and and uh, playing music at your coffee shop after dark. Because the coffee shop has a piano in it. <laughs> this felt like a screenplay that was written by um, an ex-youth pastor who has like one tattoo. Oh, my God. And like is trying to rebrand the church as like really hip. So they have like, you know, a guitar that they keep there that kids can play and like... Like, it definitely felt like that, like, 
hip church vibe. Oh yeah, definitely. Like it reminded me like uh my friend was really trying to like get me to be a super Christian, especially like when I was a senior in high school. So she would bring me to like her super church. It was called First Baptist Church, which the first thing that you learn is that there are a million First Baptist Church. Like it makes no sense that they're all called that. But um you go to you go to the church and you can go to traditional service or you can go to contemporary service traditional service has pews contemporary service is just a guy with a guitar playing a bunch of songs like folding chairs everyone has to stand and sing and there's a little bit of scripture but it's mostly just aren't we rocking out to jesus tonight the guy like, always has a side swoop like uh, bangs or some sort of curl <laughs> or whatever like there's always some sort of swoop usually flannel like which is fine flannel is universal but it's just like so pretty like i've been to so many churches throughout my whole life and I was just like, oh yeah, one of those. Once, once God was dropped in this in this movie, I was like, oh yeah, it's totally one of like the hip church people who like wrote this. Oh yeah, or someone who goes to one of those. Because like the thing about this coffee shop is that people treat it like it is. Like I'm not saying that coffee shops aren't a gift to the community. They are, but the way that they talk about this place, they act like it's like a sanctuary. They're like, like through the whole movie, it's just like, like it changed my life. Yeah, because she's like trying to save it, and then it's just like, you know, Donovan created this place that you could go and be yourself, and we just needed it, and she just like they act like she like. Like she's just like such a service woman. Like she's just like eh, she did this like to like serve Christ and all of us. And like if they made this a slightly more rural area and her coffee shop was like a hub for like LGBTQ kids, you know, who like got kicked out. Like you know, if they tweaked it, it's maybe like nothing- it could be believable. But it was just like a. It was it's just a, just a coffee, coffee shop. shop the christian like it's like, almost like christians are just like it would be really funny if somebody was just like not like that heathen place starbucks yeah. and you just found out that they just that like it's the only place where you can be openly christian and not have to deal with you know the devil at the starbucks <laughs> and like it it uh it was also funny because I watched this right after going to the coffee shop that's across the street from me. And I like know everyone there because it's across the street and it was opened by someone from the neighborhood and like very much has that, you know, independent um, neighborhood vibe. But like and I've met people I've met neighbors there, you know, it's great. But I was just like, this is so just the way that it lauds this whole movie lauds a coffee shop. I mean, it's named coffee shop. So what do you expect? But it's just it's just so over the top. I just felt like they could have skimmed a layer off of it and it would have been believable. I would have been like, yeah, it's a place that people feel at home. Great. (laughs) Not like all of our lives will never be the same because. Oh my God. Yeah. And especially, oh my God, especially the people who work for her are like really cool. Like they're believable, like they're fun, but like they're so like, I've worked at coffee shops that I really liked. I was a manager, but I was never like, oh my god, this job changed my life. I was like, oh, I oh like my, my coworkers, god. So this, so and this I get skinny free black man. So this black man, this because every because like every Christian movie needs like a few tropes. You've either got the neutered, no, you know, eunuchy black man who seems like he's never had sex with anyone. You got the old black man who's giving you the wisdom, which this movie also has, or it has like the old black woman who's also giving you wisdom. Like, but like this, the only young black man in this movie is just. Like, looks like someone who like has never even masturbated. He is just running around, just like 
oh my God, I was such a mess before. And like Donovan saved my life by hiring me at this coffee shop. And like, it's just this weird universe where like this black man doesn't have any people and doesn't have any like, yeah, doesn't have any like, you know, doesn't have any other black people around to talk to and to be close to. So he's just like falling around these white people. And I feel like I'm really showing how I feel about this right now, but I don't care. This black man is so weird to me. He's so weird. Like, like, cause like, you know, I mean, I'm going to, I'm just going to say it. Yeah. Just the Christian community is very, very segregated. I'm not saying that this is a thing all the time, but the idea that this black man does not have his own black church and his own black people and his own shit to do it confuses me greatly. I don't know what he's doing there. Especially cause this was <laughs> supposed to be in Alabama. And the only time I caught that was when she was served papers and it said Alabama on it. And I was like, oh, my God, right. I, like in the South, like there would be a black church he could go to. Wait, this or is in Alabama. Whoa, whoa. That was you are blowing my mind. Yeah, right now. I this, saw this, that was a detail that I somehow picked up. And like, of course, they don't bring it up. So it's not supposed to matter. But it it painted it, the it, racial it dynamics really it, different to it me. It really matters because like, here's the thing. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with like uh, black men going to like a church with a bunch of white people and spending a time with a lot of white Christians. What I am saying is that I rarely ever see that happen. Like as a black person from Georgia, I rarely ever see that happen. And I rarely also ever see white people being this welcoming. (laughs) 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 White Christians being this welcoming. I mean, like, it's very like... Like, essentially, like, if you're going to be a black person in the South and you're going to be religious and you're going to be around white religious people, usually what you have to do is, like, scrub every ethnic thing from you, which he has done. I was going to say. Because he is a shell. Yeah. He is a shell of a man. Like, (laughs) like he is a nothing. He is a nobody. And he is just obsessed with Donovan to the point where I'm just like, do you just, do you want to fuck her? I was curious. I was like, is he one of her? Like, what's going on? Like, yeah, because like, he's always like talking to other guys about Donovan and how great she is. But also in like the most chaste thing ever. Like there's a scene where, where he's very pure, which almost makes me more creeped out. Yeah. He (laughs) he has more honest if he was like, she's hot. Right. And I'd be like, yeah, he doesn't say anything (laughs) like that. He just very genuinely cares about her. And like, he's talking to the playwright guy one time and he's just like, it's just like, Oh, she's just like this. And she's just so wonderful. And like, you know, and uh, something, and I don't remember what that lead in for this was like, but he said something about like a movie and then the, and then the white guy was like a horror movie. And then, and the black guy's like, no, like a romantic comedy. Like she's looking for her love. And I'm just like, why do you give a shit? Why do you care? Where's your grandmama? I need to talk to your grandmama. I need to gra- She needs to come in and grab you and get you together. Because I just don't... Cause, yeah, because it also would have been different if, like, Donovan, like, had a job there. I mean, not Donovan. If Eli had a job there, you know, because you need a job, whatever. 
and like was like, yeah, I'm friends, but like just like chill and had his own thing, you know, and just he, like, he yeah, I work at this coffee shop thing. with these white people. But instead it was like, I'm obsessed with this white woman who owns this. Yes. He and she's amazing. With her. And like I'm and like at points it felt like the movie was trying to make him like the funny black guy, but they also didn't even give him fun lines. He, he's <laughs> like, not fun. He didn't even get to be funny. I was like, wow, if you're going to make him live, if you're going to tokenize him in this weird way, like at least let him be funny. Like it's this black man was causing me so much stress. I felt weird stress <laughs> about the older black guy who like was oh, really sweet, yeah. but like I was like, oh, you got to put him in a wheelchair too. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, there's 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 got to be a lot going on because like he like act, he also like acts like Donovan's dad to the point where I'm just like, did Donovan and her sister not have parents? Why is everyone there her parent? Yeah, well, she talks about her mom like <laughs> at this like night where she like sings. And like how amazing her mom was. And then it's obvious that her mom died, but I don't even know how. And then she talks about how the coffee's fair trade. And I'm like, okay. Um, and of course she can sing really well too. Like, you know, oh, because yeah, she's that, this Oh yeah, that, that dubbed singing voice, oh man. Oh my God, I was like. It was so much because I know because the show that she was on Instant Star, she plays the older sister of a singer. So you would think that if she could sing, she would have done it on the show because her whole character was just like, uh, I'm the one that gets the attention and my little sister is getting all the attention now. Like, like if, if she would have sang, I would have heard it years ago on Instant Star. I know this bitch can't sing. <laughs> yeah, and it also felt like unnecessary. Like her passion is being an entrepreneur. Like that is clear. And so, it, but it felt like the screen the screenwriters were just like we'll add this so that there's She's another the reason for her to connect with ever. this playwright. Yeah, and she like. Um, uh, so basically after she like is mean to playwright guy, as you can imagine and predict, they end up forming a flirtation and he ends up becoming enwrapped in her and is like, wow, like she like built this business. Wow. This is so cool. And he like goes there and writes and then her ex comes back <laughs> and, Oh, her ex comes back on this night that she like she invites the playwright to come to this night where the night where she sings. And it's just like a night, you know, it's like a coffee shop. It'd be like a coffee shop open mic, except she's the only one who performs. <laughs> um, and it's basically just like for the community to come hang out and like eat and, you know, after hours kind of event. Um and she gives a speech about her mom and then she sings this song, which of course the playwright is like, ooh, girl. Um, and then at the end of it, he comes up and he's like, wow, you did so great. And then her ex Patrick is there and he taps on her shoulder and she turns around. And then of course it, it pans to the playwright and he's, you know, feeling a bit dejected. But again, to his credit, he didn't act entitled. Like when he realized there was another dude, he was just like, okay, that's not my, you know, like I still have a crush, but like, so like that was interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this it's like it's weird. There's not like a real like rivalry. It's it's all really up to her. Like there's no real like posturing or anything. It's it, yeah, that's around the time when I realized that it was a Christian thing. I think it was that night with the piano that I realized that it was Christian and I felt bad that it took me that long, but oh, I just yeah, really she mentioned didn't. God then. She was like God is in control and that was the first time God was dropped. Yeah, and also also she mentions that night that she opened the coffee shop when she was 19. I was just like what? I was that made me so mad. I was like stop. What are you 
maybe know, what like are you talking about? 19 maybe you would be working at one and like become a manager and realize you wanted to do that like maybe if you're ahead of like 19 you could you're barely legal like that yeah I, that made me so mad i was like stop Oh my god! I don't know. I just, just this movie is so weird. Um, I have one quote. And I don't remember when it was said, so maybe you can maybe you can tell me what the context was. Okay. Um, one quote was, Aristotle would be relieved to have his quotes back. Oh yeah, that's um. So she comes in one day and. The playwright is playing chess with the older black man and she's like, she's teasing him. Donovan is. And she's like, oh, getting a lot of writing done. And then he pops out that quote. And then um, the older black guy is like, oh, did you write that? And he's like, no, Aristotle. And then she's like, oh, well, when you get your writing done, I'm sure he'll be glad to have his quotes back. I liked, like I liked it when she was mean. Like I liked mean Donovan. <laughs> mean was, Donovan was kind. Mean like, Donovan was lit. Like I, I could kind of fuck her. with her. I was yeah. like, wow, you can like throw out some like you like you can be an asshole in like a really fun way. Yeah, I was into it. I when was she into just it. had repressed feelings, like I liked her more than some characters because you there were reasons to feel empathetic for her. Like she had this business, it was going to get foreclosed. You know, there there were some real problems she was dealing with. But because her personality was so emotionally repressed, there wasn't much more to connect with. Yeah, I mean, that's the like, thing. Like, I, I wrote, like, there was some time when she's talking to one of the guys where I, I wrote down, like, but what is she into? And I couldn't remember where I said that, but it, like, I think what I was saying was, like, what are her interests? What does she like? Why doesn't anybody ever ask her? Why is everybody only talking to her about this coffee shop? Like, there's just so much. And it and it did that again did really fit in with the Christian thing because it was about like serving others and like the greater good and and whatnot and like there's this conversation so she so her ex when he rolls back in town he asks her to dinner and of course her sister's freaking out and her sister's like oh my god you have to get back with him and get married because I'm like obsessive and like I'm like does her sister have a crush on her ex like what is with this obsession I have never been. I love my sisters and I love my close friends, but I have never been that invested in someone getting back with an ex. What? Um, anyways, so she, Donovan is supposed to meet her ex for dinner, but he postponed an hour because he's meeting with the investment banker to try to work out a deal. Now the movie makes it seem like he's going to save the coffee shop for her. Um, and, Anyways, during the hour, she runs into the playwright, of course, because it's a small town, and they go to the waterfront and have gelato, and she talks about her mom and how her mom told her to be like a lighthouse, which doesn't draw attention. It just shines. Oh, yes. Uh, God, the preciousness of this movie was really the most annoying part to me. Everything was so precious. And it's not that I don't think that things and people are precious. It's that the way it it was so heavy handed. Um, so she, she says this and then she goes to dinner and at dinner, basically her ex is like, I made a mis- I think we made a mistake. Like I really miss you, all this stuff. And then they kiss and then she's not sure how she feels the next day. She finds out this plot like actually did a lot of, like there were a lot of like turns yeah, there were a lot of turns. Well, first, when she gets back, um, what happens is is that a playwright guy gets her a mug because he was like, you're the only one here who doesn't have a mug. Oh, yeah, and the mug has a lighthouse, so it's a, a throwback <laughs> to what she said about her mom. But her ex 
um, comes the next day and she, her ex mentions that he talked to the investment banker. So Donovan thinks like, oh my gosh, maybe he's helping me save it. But she's still, you know, withdrawn. And then they meet and she finds out he cut a deal so that she could get paid out for the building to get bought and turn into a parking garage. And of course she's livid because she doesn't want it to get turned into anything else. She wants it at least to get turned into like another restaurant or something for the community. So she storms out. This this movie also just, it wasn't even that long, but it felt long because oh, of how much they tried to do with it. Yeah, so much was going on. Like, like even which, just which makes the beginning... the plot is, like, taking a long which time. Make, which makes the beginning even more infuriating because it has nothing to do with anything. And, like, they could have just sliced that 20 minutes off. Like Exactly. So... You know, she storms off. Of course, the playwright comes fi- and finds her and talks about how amazing she is. And she says she feels like a fool because now her coffee shop's going to close down. And he's like, no, you're incredible. And like my last place didn't do well. Failure is part of life. And it's just very, again, like she is more likable than a lot of rom-com main characters because she's like a woman who has like she's a badass in a sense. Like she's run a business, you know, she's very independent. But I don't understand why everyone's so obsessed with her. Like, yeah, I don't understand. Not, she yeah. doesn't seem fun to hang out with. Like, and that, like, she doesn't. Like, she's not fun. Like, there's, she's like, not. she's not charming. Like, she is very, you know, conventionally attractive in a certain way, and she's successful in this way. But like, I don't know. It's hard to imagine having a spark with her. Yeah, it's very hard. And like. Uh, it very much feels like the men are just projecting a lot onto her because they she's are, like, they you know. are. And it was interesting because when she finally dumps her ex for good, she's just like, you just love who you wish I was. And I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. That was one of the more real moments. I was like, you can okay, meet a girl. girl in Chicago just like Donovan. Who like actually wants to just like kind of do the shit you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Like there's just no reason for this. Um, and so once once she um, slices off that side of the triangle and it just becomes a line, you think, okay, it's all resolved. And then you find out that dude has been writing a play about her and the town the whole time and girl is mad. She mad. <laughs> She is. And of course, her sister, again, the worst, her sister's like, you have to see this. He's making fun of you because her sister, for some reason, just doesn't like the idea of the playwright being with her because she's obsessed with the ex. And and her sister gives her this bullshit pep talk where she's like, your ex like still loves you. And like, he just wants something different than you. Like, you should give him a chance. And I'm like, girl, stop. Like, like, there's no boundaries with the sister that. I don't know. I, yeah, the as somebody was, with like the a sister billion sisters, I was much. just like, she needs to stop. Um, but so then you know she's so then Donovan's mad. Like this movie was emotionally exhausting because of just how many times people change their minds. <laughs> like I was like, okay, uh, yeah, all right, uh, and so and like, there was no sex, there was no nothing. drugs, there was nothing like flashy and like sorry i i like that shit you know i, I like, like a that little shit flash too. like it was like it's very like that's the thing it i was, was talking virginal. about this before we started recording um no one is sexual everyone's wearing a lot of clothes a lot of layers a lot of scarves you don't see any boob you don't see anybody's shirt like you don't see anybody barely anybody kiss i don't even know if anyone kissed maybe um there's just nothing there's just nothing there and and like it's a bunch of like pretty attractive people but they're made to look the least attractive that they could possibly look which again does feel very christian yeah <laughs> like um, that no sense of fashion 
No offense if you're a Christian listening. I'm, you know, I get it. But. Um, and it's just like, and then of course there's like a big, great. I'm yawning into the mic. Um, it, it's it's early. It's actually we're actually doing this early in the morning. We so normally that's why. record like in the evening, you know, roughly between six and nine. And this time it's it's before noon. So. It's a different if it's it's a different vibe for us. Um, yeah, and so like basically what happens is is that you know there's a big confrontation, it like during the piano one of those piano nights one of those we're all gonna stay on stage and say our feelings. A lot of people standing on stage and saying their feelings. No thank you. Um, in this movie, <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. Like write jokes like the rest of us. Don't do this. Uh. And, and then he like, and then he's just like, you didn't read all of it. You didn't get to the end. This isn't a story about a small town. This is a story about me falling in love with you. <sighs> uh, and she's like, you love me? You and he's like, of course. I love every frustrating part of you. And then, motherfuckers, uh, he his play of course becomes a hit on broadway oh my god and his play about falling in love with a woman who owns a coffee shop becomes a hit on broadway and his 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 advancement check is big enough he saves the coffee shop too what no uh-uh oh okay it's, like like it's, it's so much it's, like it's, it didn't need to do that much it's like it so much oh. and also the the part like i said earlier the part that we see of the play it's a bad play with bad acting <laughs> It's it is. It is really corny. It is like very corny. It feels like. And there are plenty is, of good not, plays about small towns. It's yeah, just that it's they're not interesting. That, yeah, plays don't need to. It's like the place a play is set does not determine how good it is. There's so many corny things about cities. It's just like the way he waxed poetic. It did feel very like city guy, like discovers what a small town is like. Oh my God, a small and town. Wow. I've there's only, a pretty woman in a small town. I've only lived by central park my entire life. I hang out with all the characters from Seinfeld. Right. <laughs> like, and she has like this kind of like chip on her shoulder, like cities are overrated and my heart's here. It's like, okay, fine. Like, how like it also at the end doesn't explain like so wait is she gonna live in New York with him or is he just gonna come back to Alabama? I think I saw a paper that said Alabama. I'm a truther about this. Like okay, what? <laughs> so I think that I think that what happens is that like I mean playwrights. The thing about playwrights is that you really only need to be in New York when your play is on or like when you you yeah like you can, opening you can, night you, you can don't even live have to be there the whole other run. places so i'm thinking that he's just like gonna like live in both places but like spend as much time with her as possible because in the end you see him like with an apron on and he's and supposedly he's like owning coffee the coffee shop with her. with her but like he's also still gonna be a playwright because yeah, motherfuckers have that much also, time uh, oh my god uh-uh. so let's get so let's get i'm to getting the end. mad now so let's so let's get to the end um <laughs> There's there's a girl who works at the coffee shop. She has glasses. She's quiet. I never mentioned her because there's really nothing to say about her. And also when she spoke, she spoke so softly that I couldn't understand any of her lines. So I don't... <laughs> She's also pretty much like her and Eli, the young black guy, are pretty much both just there to talk about Donovan. Like they yeah. don't get to have their own interior lives. Like they're just obsessed with her and work. And like, again, having workplaces like that even when you like everyone, you're like, okay, let's go do something else. <laughs> like, yeah. What? And so, yeah. so she like has a meet cute with a guy 
and like they just like stare at each other and like it's that one of those like movie looks like oh they're gonna get fall in love and have a bunch of children just just after that one look and then (laughs) and then donovan turns she turns to the audience and then she says it's in the coffee and then she winks she fucking winks i'm like (laughs) it's so much I would also like to give a shout out to Netflix for saying this is a 93% match with me. How dare you? Like, I realize that this podcast has messed up my Netflix recommendations a bit because we seek out bad rom-coms. But like 93%, I watch other shit. Like, I am offended. I'm very offended. Like... Like it apparently doesn't take Twin Peaks, you know, and or, or the Get Down or any of the other things I've watched recently. It's like, nope, I'm just gonna take the data from the worst rom coms. It, it's I, in the coffee. You know, if you want to watch a Christian rom com, here is one that exists. That is what I will say. I did not hate it as much as some of the things we've watched. It was, it waxed poetic. It was like really heavy handed with how precious everything was and just the obsession with Donovan. Like everyone was so obsessed with her. Um, it it was tropey in uncomfortable ways. Um, and yeah, I don't know, man. I needed like somebody to do cocaine or something. It was like too wholesome. <laughs> Yeah, too wholesome for me. Oh man, I would, I would, I would have loved a little drug crisis in this movie. I wanted, like, I it's like I wanted the characters to have. Oh yeah, but you know, in the in the beginning, in the beginning, when she's like going to bed after the date, she like takes some pills, and I spent like I spent like five minutes obsessing over the pills because I really wanted them to mean something. What are those pills? Oh man, (laughs) like. Oh yeah! What a precious oh, movie. You, Jordan, I think you should pick the one for next week. Oh and my god! Yeah, I just hope that it's a mess. I hope it's a mess because yes. this was this kind of it, it, it was very different than Safe Haven, but it was like Safe Haven in the sense that it was very like. I mean, they're very different, but I mean, yeah, like honestly, like in that if you, kind of like if, if wholesome if, bullshit way. Yeah, like if if you if if if. If you enjoy the work from the writers of Mom's Night Out and October Baby, if Mom's Night Out and October Baby are two of your favorite movies, see Coffee Shop, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, hey. Lo- like, But you can also watch Laura Vandervoot and literally anything else. Watch her like on Smallville. Like, Find those old episodes. Watch her on Supergirl. Watch her on Netflix. You can watch the show Bitten where she plays a fucking werewolf. Like, It's really cheap, but she plays a fucking werewolf. She's doing more interesting shit is what I'm saying. You don't need to see her doing this shit. And actually, everybody in the movie... I was going to say, anyone in the movie that you would really like has better shit that they're Yeah, in. exactly. I looked Which at, I looked at the cast and I was just like, yeah, all of these people have done better work in other things. Yeah, like this very much this felt like... This was a check. This was like... Um, this was like the weird bar show of movies for these people. Like, these, if these people were stand-up comedians, they've all done club work before or they've all done like awesome like DIY venues where they like had fun and packed out. This was like the bar show like where somebody heckled them or like there were like two people and it was fine, but like they moved like it's that's, 
I don't know if I needed to throw that metaphor in there, but I just oh, thought yeah, of well, that. Like, yeah, I mean, if you forgot that we're comedians, we're here to remind you that we are comedians. <laughs> we're, we're here to remind you all all of those things. Yes. So. Okay. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, it's on Netflix. If you want to watch it, sure. It's not going to ruin your life. Um, it's not going to destroy you. It's probably just going to annoy you. So do what you got to do. Next Next week we will be doing something that will be a mess. I will look. I will specifically look for a mess for you, our loyal listeners. And be sure to rate us on iTunes. Um, follow us on Twitter at Bromance Pod. You know, you can email us at tellbadromance at gmail dot com. I don't know why you'd email us, but you can. Um, still looking for um, theme music. I was actually listening to possible theme songs right beforehand. I'm going to get it done. Maybe like for the 10th episode, I'll try to see like, it'll be like episode 10. We finally have a song. I'll try to see if I can do that. In the meantime, you know, love yourselves and watch something good. I don't have like an alternative to this movie because I can't think of anything right now. Well, you don't have a you don't have a Rolodex of of good Christian rom coms. Uh, a Rolodex <laughs> of good Christian rom. Unfortunately, I don't watch it. I don't know. Maybe them. a Walk to Remember. I mean, um, uh, you know what? Yeah, well, Walk to Remember definitely. Sure, watch that. Um, also, like. I mean, at least I finally found a movie that's better than Christian Mingle because Christian Mingle is worse than this. Um, and are we ever going to do Christian Mingle? Eh, maybe. I mean, if we do, it's going to be a long time from now because we definitely need to get a little Satan in our lives um, yes. to to break from this. Yes. You know, whenever a movie's too much of one thing, we try to at least find a different brand of horrible to review. Yes. So. And we do this for you. We all, do it for it's you. all for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jordan Searles. I'm Bronwyn Isaac. Bye, guys. Bye.